Hello, my name is Mallory Jenna Robinson. Join me on A Hateful Homicide, a true crime podcast dedicated to telling the stories regarding the murders of transgender, gender non-binary, and gender diverse community members in the United States and abroad. This is A Hateful Homicide. 911, what's your emergency? Yeah. transgender woman has been shot and killed in North Baltimore, Alpha. In the U.S., trans women of color have a life expectancy of just 35 years. This happens on a daily. Another one of my friends got killed right up the street from here. These cases are true. The victims are real and their voices matter. This is A Hateful Homicide. The Murder of Kelly Stowe, Friday, December 7th, 2018, Detroit, Michigan. Okay, well, like I said, they ride around first and try to select who they want, particularly. He would pick me up and we would ride for about like 10 minutes. Um, the discussions would be different, like different times. Like sometimes we get straight to the point and how much do you want? What are you trying to do? You know what I'm saying? That's how I ask my questions. What are we doing? With him, it was like a runaround. Like, okay, I got to say if I ask for 50, he's going to say, okay, I got it. But we were right around for 20 minutes, and then now he's dropping me back off. Like, oh, no, I don't want to do it. Or, oh, I don't have that price. Or, oh, I don't. After you just say, yes, this is what you have. This is what we're doing. Or we would go to, like, a hotel or something like that, and the price would not be what it was. Declined to take dates because one of those happens so many times. Yeah, um, that and other reasons. What other reasons? His attitude is like very like aggressive and kind of kind of intimidating. Like if you're one of those easily intimidated people, and I just sound like altercation. Now, so aggressive. For me. The trans women who work together in this area, do you discuss your dons? Yes, um, some, not in full detail, but we do, like, I don't know him, or I don't know Sam, or girl, don't get in that car, yes. Did you and Kelly ever have any acknowledgement, acknowledgement between each other regarding Mr. Webster? Not asking what she said. It's objection, yes, to your This is a bad girl way of trying to get your say. She's not requesting the answer. She's the only thing they have a discussion. Friday, December 8th, 2018. It's the early morning hours, just three weeks before Christmas, less than a month before the 2019 New Year. 36-year-old aspiring fashion designer, trans woman, Kelly Stowe, was getting ready to get her morning started. She had decided that she wanted to go to the store. So she goes there and as she's heading to the store, 
over near the Palmer Park neighborhood in Detroit, Michigan. She encounters someone that she's known before. He's been a local patron of some of the other work that she's done. Kelly is also not only an advocate for the trans community, but she was also a sex worker. And through her sex work, she met a man named Albert Weathers. She had known Albert, give or take maybe about five or six years. So they had known each other for a while. So as she's walking to the store to go get her morning coffee and, you know, the newspaper, she comes across Albert, again, a man that she's known for years. He decides that he wants to take her on a date before he goes into work. And she agrees. It's a quick coin and... This gives her an opportunity to maybe not have to see someone else. She's made some money now to where she doesn't have to worry about maybe seeing someone else that day, or at least can take some more time to do what she needs to do for herself. Well, she goes off with Albert Weathers. And what happens next is so shocking that it's still drops our mouths to this day. She gets in the car with Albert Brothers. They go around the street. It's still a little dark out. It's snowing. It's winter time in Detroit, Michigan. Albert Brothers had a tendency of prolonging the payment of giving to the his, his client. He wanted a service from Kelly Stowe. Kelly Stowe declines to participate in the sex act only if she is paid. Albert Brothers, again, who is known for not wanting to give payment, pushes this off. Kelly gets frustrated. She decides that enough is enough. She is going to get out of the car and leave. Albert, who was enraged at the fact that Kelly had rejected him, grabs his gun and shoots her in the underarm. Now, initially you would think, oh, an underarm gunshot wound. This must not be critically wounded, but it it entered and torn into major arteries. Kelly begins to bleed. And what does Albert do? He goes around to the passenger side of the car He grabs Kelly's body and throws her into the ditch. It was only a couple hours later, around 8 a.m. on December 7, 2018, when passerbyers discovered the the bleeding out body of 36-year-old aspiring fashion designer and trans woman Kelly Stowe. Initially, as detectives arrived on the scene, they're trying to figure out first who the victim is because there was no ID initially, but then also who killed her and why. So one of the things that the detectives decided to do is to go around to the gas station that Kelly had went to. They obtained surveillance footage and they observed Kelly getting into a car with 
Albert Weathers. How did they know that it was Albert Weathers? Because their CCTV footage was so high quality, it's such a high quality, that they were able to get the license plate number of Albert Weathers. So when they investigate further and discover that Albert Weathers is the one who took Kelly Stowe, they go and investigate him. They bring him in for an interview. And this interview occurs around December 11th of 2018. You're looking at about a Tuesday morning. And in this interrogation, they're asking him, who is Kelly Stowe? Why was she in your vehicle? At the murder scene, they had discovered Kelly's ID. And they had also discovered that Kelly um, not only went by Kelly, but she also went by Kenyatta, as well as kind of like her alter ego to Kelly. And so as they were doing a surveillance, they had discovered her ID and they were able to go back and find where she was living and discover that she had gotten up that morning to go to the store and then able to pull up the CCTV footage, which then correlated Kelly Stowe's body as being identified as the woman in the surveillance footage getting into the car of Albert Weathers. So as they're investigating and interrogating Albert Weathers, this 46-year-old pastor, may I remind you, he is a pastor in the Detroit, Michigan community. He is known well throughout the Detroit, Michigan community for giving his positive sermons to the community. So the Detroit and Palmer Park community was shocked over the fact that this pastor, this cisgendered black male pastor who was a married father of three was responsible not only for participating in soliciting sex workers, but then also murdering a sex worker. This was shocking. This was groundbreaking. And the community wanted answers. Albert's wife, she didn't believe that her husband had anything to do with this. She could not believe that her husband not only was with trans sex workers, but that he had even killed a sex worker as investigators had brought her in to get more information about her husband. He wanted a little bit more background knowledge about him. And one of the things that his wife mentioned when she was interviewed was that he was a very religious man and that he held pride on, you know, heterosexuality and heteronormativity. And so this idea of him being with a trans woman and also murdering her This was still so shocking to her. But then detectives also have to make the heartbreaking death notification to Kelly Stowe's family. She goes to Kelly Stowe's mother, Jessica Stowe, and breaks the heartfelt news that Kelly had been shot and murdered that a hateful homicide had been committed to Kelly just a few hours earlier. Kelly's mother, Jessica, is distraught. She's beside herself. She cannot believe that her daughter that she has loved and accepted and supported has now been murdered and left on the side of the road in the freezing cold Detroit, Michigan weather. 
Detectives want to know a little bit more about Kelly and if her mom, Jessica, knew any more about her sex work and if she knew any of the connections that Kelly may have had with Kelly Stowe. Kelly's mother, Jessica, didn't know much about Kelly's personal life in terms of her sex work. She did know that she was a fashion designer, that she was in the ballroom scene in Detroit, and that she had also done a lot of advocacy work. She had spoke back in 2015 regarding the 2015 homicide of trans woman Amber Monroe, who too was also murdered in Palmer Park. So the eerie connection of Amber Monroe and both Kelly Stowe's murder is still so unfortunately linked and tragic. That not only did Kelly Stowe's advocate and speak on Amber on behalf of Amber um, Amber Monroe, but then later, just three years later, that she too would meet the same fate. So Aster, in in talking to Jessica Stowe, Jessica Stowe does mention a really good friend of Kelly's. And this individual is by the name of Kyra Butts. And Kyra Butts is also another beautiful black trans sex worker who is out here making her living and she too has had prior interactions with Albert Weathers and she wants you know as they bring her in around December 12th of 2018 to further get information about her relationship with Kelly Stowe as well as her interaction with Albert Weathers because of the fact that we know that Albert Weathers had been visiting sex work locations in the Six Mile District of um, of Detroit, Michigan for about at least 10 years prior to him committing the murder. So Kyra Butts was also someone who had not only um, been a client of Albert Weathers, but could also testify to Albert Weathers' behavior and how he was with other trans women. And as you heard in the beginning of this episode, Carabas is in court during the preliminary hearings of this trial of Albert Weathers, and she's testifying to the trauma that she has went through, the 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 eerie creepiness of Albert Weathers and how she felt uncomfortable with him and how he became quote unquote aggressive. So we could see here already that Albert Weathers had this high tendency of not only being flaky and not providing payment to other sex workers, but that when they would decline to proceed with the sex act because of his lack of payment, that he then would become aggressive. And so as we take a look into this case, it's really important to understand this idea of sex work. We talked about this in the episode one of Amanda Milan about sex workers in New York, but this is a very big movement. And there's been a really big movement on decriminalization of sex work and also being able to legalize sex work in a way that individuals who are of the trans experience and also have to do sex work to survive, that they not only have to be, um, that they now have a reduction of being brought in based on sex work, but that it could be completely illegal altogether. Or that, excuse me, that can be legalized altogether and that being pulled over would be considered illegal for authorities to do. And Kelly Stowe was a really big advocate for sex workers as well. She had been in the sex work game for about 20 years prior to her murder since 1998. And so she had really been an advocate not only for trans women, but trans community members as well, but then also for sex workers. And she also felt that it was very important for sex work to be decriminalized. And so it was unfortunate to see that as she was in the midst of all of this, that her life was cut short uh, by the hands of 
Albert Weathers. And this is such a common trend. You know, one of the things that as they were interviewing Albert Weathers is that he was stating that he felt that his life was in danger, that he panicked, that he felt that Kelly Stowe, because of the fact that she wasn't getting her payment quickly enough, that all of a sudden that this means that she was going to attack him and that they struggled for the gun, that there was this tussle kind of push and pull of this gun and then the gun accidentally goes off. This is what he confesses to. But based on the fact that he then gets out of his car, walks around and dumps her body onto the side of the road, that doesn't correlate with the actions of someone who is not only claiming self-defense, but even claiming that they panicked and as a result shot someone after tussling with the gun. We know that he has had a history with Kelly Stowe, that he's that he's interacted with her on at least 10 occasions, that he's had a history of this behavior of violating other trans women. And unfortunately, that morning around 6 a.m. on December 7, 2018, Kelly Stowe came across the man that she had known far too long and far too well, but not well enough to know that this morning she was going to be met with a deadly fate. One of the things that I want to make a note of is that in the year of 2018, that there was a record of 29 murders of trans people. And this was a really high number. And since then, there's been a higher growth in numbers, especially more so violence towards sex workers. In the year 2020, there was a higher violence of murders towards trans women and trans individuals, as well as gender diverse individuals who were in the um, work of sex work. And so we see this correlation of sex work and higher propensity towards violence, especially being trans identified and even being of the black and brown experience. So what I'm saying is, is that the likelihood of you being attacked because you're a sex worker is 10 times higher if you're trans and black and brown than if you're a cis woman. And it's not to say that cis women sex worker violence is not as important, but it goes to show you that trans women, and oftentimes we have to do this sex work because of the fact that we're not hireable, we're not employable in other settings. And so we're placed in these situations where we have to now go and do survival sex. And so this is what Kelly Stowe was doing. But in the midst of doing survival sex, she then went ahead and began to look into fashion school. She had started her own kind of like collection scene and she would even display her fashion collection in the ballroom scene in Detroit, Michigan. And so as we talk a little bit more about not only her career aspects, I want to take a moment and also talk to you about who Kelly Stowe was to the community and a little bit about who she was. So Kelly Stowe, age 36, was the daughter of Jessica Stowe. And she was also a beloved granddaughter. She was a beloved friend. Um, She had had a couple of serious relationships um, in her life. But at the time of her death, she was single. And her ways of of supporting herself in fashion school, she um, continued doing her line of work that she had been doing for a period of time, which was sex work. Kelly, you know, this beautiful, amazing, a great, gorgeous young woman born August 24th, 1982, 
she had so much going for herself. And despite the obstacles that she had been through and witnessing other members of her community being murdered, Kelly always continued to push forward. And the irony is, is that she had talked to Kyra, that they had actually talked about Albert Weathers in an interaction a year prior. And they had talked about like, stop seeing him. And Kyra had said that she decided no longer to continue to have these conversations and interactions and transactions with Albert Weathers. But Kelly, who was known for her kind heart and caring nature, wanted to give Albert the, 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 the pastor his opportunity um, of being a client of hers again. And unfortunately, her giving and forgiving nature led to this hateful homicide. But it's important to remember that Kelly, like so many other trans women out here, are struggling on a day-to-day basis to survive. And sex work is such an important piece of this conversation as we go through a hateful homicide. Because oftentimes, our victims are going to be sex workers. And sometimes they're not. But nonetheless, what we want to begin to do as we cover this case is also begin to break the stigma of sex work. You know, and stop thinking that just because you're a trans individual, that that's the only line of work that you can have. And for my trans women who are listening right now, I just want to encourage each and every one of you and tell you that you can do so much more. I want to just take a moment and share a brief moment of my own personal testimony and why this case really gravitated towards me. I see so much of myself with Kelly. Not only are we both in our 30s, um, we both are Black trans women and advocates, but also I could sense, and she's also close with her mom as well, but what I, uh, she was close with her mom, excuse me, but what I could see is that you, you, you see this sense of like trans women thinking that sex work is the only line of work, or just trans people, period, thinking that sex work, and oftentimes it is the quickest and most Um, sure way of being able to get some kind of income to survive. And so in that regards, there's absolutely nothing wrong with doing what you need to do to survive. But what I want to encourage each and every one of my listeners and even those who are new to listening, and especially if you are of the trans experience, that there's so much more to life. I went to college um, and yes, I know that there's different opportunities for everyone. There's some people who can't go to college and don't have those opportunities. But please know that there are resources out there and myself and other um, or um, community members and nonprofits out here are here to help you and that you do not have to feel like sex work is the only way for you to survive because you are so much worth you are worth so much more than your body and so for someone like myself who went to college for someone like myself who has been a teacher in the Florida in the state of Florida as well as now in transgender healthcare, I just have to encourage you know each and every one of you who are listeners and who are of the community and who may be in this experience to not give up and that like so many women like Kelly Stowe who had other goals and aspirations I want you to continue to follow those and never give up But in this hateful homicide, I want to go into and take a moment and think about exactly who this individual was, Albert Weathers, and how his homicide, though acts, ultimately led to the murder of Kelly Stowe. 
big story, hate crime questions. A pastor now charged in the murder of a transgender woman. Investigators not yet revealing the true motive behind the killing. The body of 36-year-old Kelly Stowe was found early Friday morning in the area of East McNichols and Brush. Tonight, 46-year-old Albert Weathers is charged with her murder. Weathers is from Sterling Heights, works for the Great Lakes Water Authority, and investigators confirm he is a pastor at a church in Detroit. 7 Action News reporter Kimberly Craig is live in Detroit where she's with the victim's mother, Kim. Yes, Heather, Jessica Williams-Stowe says her daughter, Kelly, had been bullied growing up, but she still held her head high and told younger people in the LGBTQ community to do the same. She was loved. She has aunts, her grandmother. She has a lot of people who love her. She she was loved. And, and, and you know, people cared. So, you know, it did... She just wasn't nobody. The mother of Kelly Stowe is devastated, trying to come to grips with her murder. Kelly was shot to death just before 6 o'clock Friday morning. And investigators say the person who killed the transgender woman is 46-year-old Albert Weathers, a local pastor. Pastor Weathers is now charged with open murder and the use of a firearm in the commission of a felony. At his home in Sterling Heights, a woman who answered the door would only say they have no comment. Kelly Stowe was shot to death in the area of East McNichols and Brush in Detroit. And a source close to the investigation says there was a witness and that Albert Weathers only called police an hour after the shooting and after he clocked into work at the Great Lakes Water Authority. Questions that are expected to be answered at the preliminary examination include the motive for allegedly murdering Kelly, who aspired to be a fashion designer and buyer. Kelly has so much going for herself. As you can hear in that testimony from her mother, she was a granddaughter. She was a daughter. She was a friend. She had so much going for herself. And this pastor, this member of the community that was upheld in the highest regard, and who came off as saintly and holy, unfortunately committed the deadliest sin, murder. He had no problem killing Kelly, using his gun to snuff out her life. But in this, there's so much more to be said. Kelly had a life going for herself. She was so important to so many people and what I want to remind people is as we think about this and like so many other cases is that Kelly really wanted to believe that Albert Weathers was a good person as we go through this case we're going to uncover that there had been a history of violence from Weathers to Stowe Albert Weathers had been interacting with Kelly Stokin, like I mentioned, since 2008. And in those years, he would go and display this incredible violence towards Stowe. And her friend, Cara Buzz, testified to this in court about how he would hold Kelly down, how he would, you know, choke her. He would do these acts of violence to really keep Kelly in place. And oftentimes the reason he would do this is because he knew that he needed to keep control over her. There have been some rumors that he had actually went looking for Kelly that morning. And even though that there's been some, you know, truth and fiction with that, 
and rather he actually went looking for Kelly that morning because she had not been returning his calls. That remains to be seen. But nonetheless, at 6 a.m., December 7th, 2018, Albert Weathers shot and killed Kelly Stowe. So as we go through this case, I have to let you know that Albert Weathers was determined to not plead guilty. He was determined to fight for his life. He maintains that this was self-defense, that he was not intending to kill Kelly, that he wasn't seeking out Kelly, that he had not been violent with her, that yeah, he was a little flaky with money, but you know, overall he was a good guy. I mean, look at it, Kelly forgave him multiple times and Kira was just someone who was just a disgruntled client that he that she was just upset at the fact that he was no longer paying her for services this is what he stuck to but as we continue to take a look into this case evidence continued to come out that albert was a cold-blooded killer so as we go through this case i want you to think about the next few moments, we're going to go through the trial. We're going to talk about exactly what all has taken place with this case since December 7th, 2018. And I want to just remind you all that so many times victims in these cases are blamed for their murders. So many times we are seen as the reason that we are murdered if we would have disclosed this or that. But in this case here, we know that Albert Weathers knew that Kelly Stowe was transgender. He had had prior interactions. He had been known for picking up sex workers. So for him to say that, or you know, in this case, for him to even allege that he didn't know her gender identity would have been a complete fallacy. So the good thing about this case too, as we continue to delve into it, is that we know that he can't blame Kelly for the fact that she didn't disclose her gender identity because he knew that she was trans. But for him to say that she was trying to attack him and take his money and that he felt that he was fighting for his life and as a result, he had to then get rid of the body and get to work by 7 a.m. was just so heartbreaking. In the interview, detectives asked, how long did these events take place? And it's so important to remember, you know, how long did the events take place on the morning of December 7th, 2018? And according to Albert Weathers, he said it only took him four minutes to commit the hateful homicide of Kelly Stowe and still maintained that it was self-defense. And it's just so important for us to remember how so many times, again, trans victims are often accused of being the perpetrators and they're often blamed for their own, own murders. 
So I want to again just go ahead and share the next piece of this with you for this episode. And so I just want to take a moment. And as we listen to this case, I want to again take a moment with each and every one of you. And I've shared with you what Albert Weathers had to say about his account. But I really want each and every one of you to hear for yourself what he had to say. And as you hear this, I want you to take a moment and think about this. Is he been honest? Was there more to it? Or could he be saying what he believes is the truth regarding his account of killing? Kelly Stowe. You know what I mean? So basically, we were interested in finding out from you exactly what the circumstances and what your involvement was. Okay? Can you help us out with that? Questions? Well, just answer questions. Forget with your story. I mean, how'd you meet this person? What, 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 what happened there? Whatever it was she asked before, Brad. Okay, you knew her. You thought it was a shame. Weathers, you think to yourself, he felt that he was afraid for his life. They struggled over the gun, these, the, this, this, again, this, this push and pull. But as investigators continue to think about, you know, who Kelly Stowe was, not only her gender identity, but then also, you know, the fact that Albert Weathers had a history of targeting trans women for sex services, but then also to commit hateful acts and violence and they did factor all of that in and so as the you know as they continue to ramp up these these charges they decided that the best thing for them to do was to go ahead and charge Albert Weathers with a hate crime so Albert Weathers goes to trial and he's in court. And again, like I said, you can hear this, this, these testimonies from multiple individuals, individuals who said, again, that he was very religious, that he did not believe in homosexuality. He did not believe in transgender identity. He did not believe in any of those concepts, yet he was still very much involved with a trans woman. And because of this, he had this internal hatred for himself, this internal conflict. And with this, uh, one of his really good pastor friends, and, and we'll keep this person anonymous, but they did confide to me that 
um, Albert also had a tendency of not wanting to pay the sex workers because of the fact that he felt that that was then compensating, quote unquote, the sin. And so if he was not paying for the sin, it was less, you know, um, less of a, a sin in God's eyes. And so often when we hear this this footage earlier from Kyra Butts about, you know, the fact that he was being very greedy with money, it's so good to unpack all of this because we can really begin to understand the psyche of this man, this 46-year-old man, husband and father, who would go and then take the life of this woman who he had known for years. But even though he had known her, he still conflicted with the fact that not only was he attracted to her, right, he had this level of... I don't want to say control, but this level of dominance. And she has such a caring nature about her that she saw the good in everyone. And when you combine those two together, it became a recipe for a deadly disaster, which led to the hateful homicide of Kelly Stowe. And as you listen to this audio footage, it was really heartbreaking because you could see him, you know, just kind of trying to talk about like even in the confession he's talking about like his previous experiences he goes further into talking about his experiences of gun violence and how he turned his life around and things of that nature and how he you know would never intentionally kill someone but my theory to this case is that he knew in that moment that he was not going to be able to give Kelly Stowe that money at 6 a.m. on December 7, 2018. And so what does he do? He then decides to kill her. And by killing her, this is also removing him from the sin of being with a trans woman in his mind. And the unfortunate pieces of this is that he thought that he was smarter than detectives. He thought that they would not be able to find her ID, that they would not be able to go back and trace her steps going to the the gas station. And so as all of this began to unravel, he had no other choice but then, of course, say that it was self-defense. And as investigators continue to interview individuals and bring them all in and use them as witnesses for the prosecution, all of this evidence became insurmountable to the fact that Albert Brothers felt that he needed to ultimately go to trial and plead not guilty. He still could not face the fact that despite all of this evidence against him, that he was actually responsible for the murder of Kelly Stowe. And what's heartbreaking is, is that Kelly Stowe was a friend of his. What's heartbreaking about this is that Kelly Stowe trusted him. Is that what's heartbreaking is that whether she was going to meet him or whether it was by accident is that all she was wanting to do was to get her Friday morning started. She had intended on going Christmas shopping. She was going to do some things with her mother and grandmother. Um, she was going to get together with one of her friends by the name of Keisha and, you know, and just do so many great things. She was really putting her fashion into place. She had some fashion schools in mind. She even thought about going out to New York to their fashion institute. And there was just so many great things in store for Kelly. And like so many of the victims that we're going to continue to cover, again, as I mentioned, sex work is an important component but it's not the victim's identity. Kelly Stowe was a beautiful black trans woman with a life ahead of her. And in the prime of her life at just the age of 36, she was murdered by someone that she knew, someone that she feared, 
but by in token someone she trusted. So as we prepare to conclude this case, I just want to remind each and every one of you the importance of just raising awareness of the increase of violence of trans women, and especially those who are in the line of sex work. Just because you're a sex worker, just because you're trans does not mean that you deserve to be met with a hateful homicide. And so I thank each and every one of you for joining me this day. And stay tuned for next week's episode. So, my sister, Kelly Stone, we remember you yesterday, today, tomorrow, forever, and always. Kelly Stowe, August 1982, December 7th, 2018. Rest on my sister and know that we will continue to fight for you and the rest of our community. Again, continue to follow us on IG at A Hateful Homicide. Like us on Facebook at A Hateful Homicide. Follow us on IG at a hateful homicide use the hashtags a hateful homicide hashtag ahh hashtag say ah hashtag transgender awareness hashtag true crime hashtag suspenseful saturdays we know that there's much more work to be done and it's myself and others like myself who continue to do the work in raising awareness and giving victims like Kelly Stowe a voice. Until next time, I'll see you all on A Hateful Homicide. Thank you and good day.